Hi guys, it's me, Lindsay Pinchuk, host and founder of Dear Found Her. And before we get into today's episode, I have some exciting news. You've asked and I'm answering. We're taking Dear Found Her live for some much anticipated networking events starting this fall. We'll be kicking things off where I live in Chicagoland with the goal to add more cities to our lineup in 2024. Our events will be free. You just have to be a female founder, but you'll have to RSVP. So make sure you get on our list so that you are the first to know when registration goes live. Space is limited. The link's in the show notes. I can't wait to meet you. Dear Founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. It is a new month and the start of Q4. And as I've been sharing all this week, I'm here for you as you get your end of the year content and marketing underway. This week was a little different around here at Dear Founder because it was the first week, I think forever, that I did not feature an interview with another female founder, largely because of time. I was in New York last week visiting with clients and working on training clients and their teams. And I didn't have the time. I didn't have the time to edit an episode, but I did not want to leave you guys hanging. And that's why I came up with the content that we're sharing here all week long. So on Tuesday, I shared 10 ideas for you for your fourth quarter content strategy. Wednesday, I shared how to sweep those ideas across all of your content platforms. You're going to want to take a listen to that. And today, I'm taking your questions. I put a call out on social media and I sent an email out today and I got a lot of really great questions for you guys, and I'm going to answer them all. But before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to say, hi, I'm your host, Lindsay Pinchuk. And for those of you who are new around here, I've been building brands for almost 25 years since college. After a decade in corporate America, I started my own company back in 2010 with a $500 investment. I grew that business to reach 3 million users per month across multiple platforms and generate seven figures in revenue for six years straight. I built this company through practical, cost-effective, organic marketing strategies, and this was all before I led its acquisition to a large agency holding company in 2019. Two years later, I exited that company with one simple goal, to support other female founders and businesswomen through their own entrepreneurship journeys. Today, I use my experience and my proven strategies to make marketing simple for you and your brand. Honestly, that's it. My mission is very straightforward. When I built my company, I didn't have a marketing budget and I started my community from scratch. But what I realized and what I know is that you don't need a million dollar marketing budget or a million followers to have a viable revenue driving company. You need a strategy, a plan, and a process. And if you've ever heard me use the acronym SWEEP before, you know that it's my proven method for building your brand and growing the community which surrounds it. 
Sweep utilizes social media, your website, emails, events, partnerships, and publicity to generate and execute cost-effective community-centric marketing strategies that really grow your brand. When you sweep your message across all of your content, big things start to happen. Make sure you listen to yesterday's episode and you will get a taste of exactly how to apply Sweep to your own business. But today, like I said, I'm doing something I've never done before. And if you like it, I will absolutely do it again. I can do it here on the podcast and I can also do it on Instagram or LinkedIn or on TikTok. I'm taking your questions and these are in no particular order. So I went through the emails. I went through the DMs. I pulled the questions down and I'm going to give them an answer. I'm not going to say who they're from. I'm just going to throw them out and I'm going to answer them. You can look in the show notes and you can see the order of which I'm taking the questions. So if you want to skip ahead, you can do so. So the first question I'm going to answer is, how important is it to have an actual website? So I think it's really important, to be honest, and I've never had a business where I have not had a website. You don't own your social media. So if you don't have a website, it's really hard to send people somewhere else for more information about your product. Now that said, it, if you don't have a website or you don't, you're not in a place to build a website right now or you're really just starting out, you can build a landing page. There are a lot of different applications. Lead pages is one of them where you can simply build a page. You can use Squarespace and build a page. Just have somewhere where you can have more information, your mission, some pictures, some testimonials, really the important stuff that you are looking to, to share, the pain points that you solve, how people can transact with you. I think it's really important to utilize a website for your brand. And your website, it's not just about showcasing your information. When you have a website, it's picked up by Google. It's picked up by SEO. You own it. I had a client once who had a coaching business and she didn't have a website. She just had like a cart checkout that she would put in her Instagram. And I said to her, what if one day your Instagram gets compromised or it gets frozen or you don't have access or Instagram goes down, you don't have any of that information. So I do think that it's important to have a website and I do think that it's important to utilize a website. I direct people all the time to my website. I have a blog on my website. I have all of my my coaching packages, my consulting, my classes when I'm running the class is up on the website. Everything you need to know about me and my business is on lindsaypinchuk.com. And I just think it's important to have that. And I think it legitimizes you. Very similarly, and I know this wasn't asked about, but I also think that it's really important to have an email with your domain. And I'm just going to throw that in there. When you have a website, you have a domain. So lindsaypinchuk.com is my website. Dearfounder.com is my website. My email is lindsay at lindsaypinchuk.com. And when I am emailing a potential client or when I'm emailing an actual client or when someone emails me, it just looks so much more legitimate to have an actual business email address with a domain than a Gmail or a Yahoo or heaven forbid, a Hotmail. But I think that both of those things are really important for your business. And when you hear me talk about Sweep, when you hear me talking about utilizing your content across all of your content platforms, your website is a really big part of that. It's a great place to house everything, to keep everything, to hold everything so that it's yours and it's always there. So 
Question number two is, what is the best way to get user-generated content from our community? And this came from someone who had a community of about 1,500 on Instagram. And as they expanded to me in their DM, they said that they were looking for user-generated content because... One, obviously they wanted to create some buzz about their brand, but two, they were really just looking for some content. They don't have a huge budget for photo shoots and video shoots. And so they were looking for some content that they could use. Now, keep in mind, there are so many different objectives that you can utilize for user-generated content. Um, I just named two of them. They wanted actual content that they could share um, and they wanted to create buzz. So, but there are other ways and reasons why you would ask for user-generated content. But to answer their question, here is a very simple way that you can do this. So the first thing is you want to decide what it is that you want from them. So don't just say, tag us in your photos or whatever it is. Create a theme, something seasonal, something timely that you can ask them to answer a question. You can ask them to share pictures of them with your product or doing your product or doing your service, whatever it might be. You can ask them for a testimonial. You can really ask them for anything, but you want it to be very concise and you want it to be um, very direct. You know, you, you don't want to be all over the place. You want to have a certain objective of what it is that you want to gain from your community and you want to ask them for it. So that's the first thing. The second thing is you want to decide and you want to be able to decide on what kind of incentive you can offer. I think you have a re a much better chance of getting good user-generated content when you're offering an incentive. So an incentive can be something like if you share content or if you offer a testimonial or you provide a rating or review, whatever it is, we will give you a discount or we will give you a gift card or we will enter you to win X, Y, and Z. So there's all different ways that you can incent people, but I think it's really important that you incent them. It's a great way to say thank you. You have to remember that these people are doing something for you. So then you want to decide how do you want to collect the content? So the easiest way to collect user-generated content is to simply say, tag us in your post or tag us in your stories, tag us in your reels. You can grab a post or a reel. You can download a reel and use it. Um, and a story, of course, you can share. And if you need the raw video file, you could always DM them after they share it and ask them if you can have it. So I think that it's really important that you figure out how it is you want to collect the content very easily. Another way that you can collect it is if you don't want them necessarily to share it, you can just create a form on Google Forms and ask them to upload it. So for example, when you, I, I have a call to action. Actually, I'm going to get into this in a second. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to share this yet. But um, so the, so the, you want to issue a call to action. You want to tell everyone on your social media, on your email. You can even put it on your website that you're looking for content X, Y, and Z, or please submit your story or please submit your testimonial. So you want to issue a call to action. You want to say what the incentive is for, for sharing that content. You want to make sure you're collecting the content easily. And then when you share that content, you want to make sure that you tag the Instagram handle that shared you. So I think that's very important. You could end up with some really great content if you do this properly. And if you talk about it a lot. You can't just put the call to action out once. And that goes with anything that you put out into the world. You have to share it kind of a lot. And you have to make sure that you're telling people that you want this content. 
if you have a brick and mortar location, for example, I have a client who has a yoga studio. She announces it in her classes and people share. She offers incentives for people to share on their Instagram when they come to class. And she talks about that and she gets a lot of great user generated content from that. So a couple of examples that I want to share with you. So number one, and this is what I was just alluding to before, is if you go to dearfounder.com, and, and, and if you're a female founder, you should, and you should do this, there is a link on that page that says submit your story. So you can submit your story to Dear Founder, and then my virtual assistant actually collects all those stories. She creates assets, and we post about female founders on our Instagram all the time. We share stories. She actually creates a web page for every single founder that submits on our website. So you, your stories on our website, it's part of our community. And then we share it across social media. So I think that like that's a really great example of a way that you can grab content from people. Um, it's a form that people fill out. They also include their picture and they have uh, there's a place that they can upload a video and there's some prompts that they can answer questions. So that goes through a form. It does not get posted on social media. I don't grab it from social media. And I will tell you, I've had probably over 150 um, founders share their stories with us this year. And I don't even think we've pushed all of them out yet. And we will. But I'm just saying it's a really great, that's a really great way to grab some user-generated content. The other thing that I want to share about is a couple Fridays ago, I hosted my first Found Her Friday event. And I really wanted people talking about it. I wanted them to share about the event. So I put signs all over the event that said, share something you learned today and tag Dear Found Her and Lindsay Pinchuk for the chance to win an hour consult with me. And I would say over 25 people shared about their time at this event. We had 42 people there. So over half the people there shared pictures. I got so many testimonials. I got so many great images, just a lot of great feedback. And this one girl, my kids picked which one, won a one-hour consult with me. It was a very easy thing to offer for a really big, really big bang for my buck in return. So a lot of buzz was created and a lot of people signed up for my newsletter just from other people sharing it. So it was great. I also have a client um, who is in the toy category and they did a brand ambassador program. And so this is kind of a little bit of a step above user generated content, but I wanted to share it because I think it's relevant. They have a low cost product. And so they ended up um, I worked with them to create a brand ambassador program for them. And we had an application process. We got probably 80 people that submitted. We picked 10. And for the last three months, we've been sending them, um, they launch new product every month. We've been sending them the new product every month and reminding them to post. And their whole goal was to get content that they could share and use on social media. And they've gotten a ton. We also use this as kind of the template and the foundation to build upon this program. And the goal is next time to have 25 to 30 brand ambassadors. So that's another great way to streamline user-generated content if you're not just asking everyone. So I hope that answers that question. The next question is, where do you start when it comes to creating an event for your brand? The person went on to say, I saw your Founder Friday a few weeks ago and it looked amazing. So I do want to caveat and say that events don't happen overnight. You like, please know that. I've created over 2,000 events in the last decade. And even though this event a couple weeks ago was for female founders and not parents, which was my initial company was for parents, 
many of the women who came were prior customers of mine. And given my track record, they trusted me. And, you know, I think had I been starting from scratch and I had never established myself and I didn't have this decade long track record of hosting events across the country, I don't know that I would have gotten the response that I got from from the community um, from my first Found Her Friday. But I want to reiterate that it doesn't happen overnight. However, the other thing that I want to reiterate is that this event, just like my very first Bomb Club event, was free. It was free. And it was free because I was proving a concept. And I was doing my own due diligence to figure out what it was that my community wanted from me. The thing with events is that you're not going to make a million dollars from events overnight. So it's not just the people that don't come overnight. The money doesn't come overnight either. You need to have other revenue streams as well. So with Bump Club, it was like very accidental, right? Like I was just kind of hosting events for myself to make friends and one thing led to another. And by the third or fourth event, we were making money. Now, but the first two events were free. So when you're starting, you want to prove your concept. Just like I just said, people trusted me with this event concept. When I did my first event at Bump Club, I partnered with a local um, workout. It was called The Daily Method. It later became Salt Method or later became Salt Fitness. I partnered with them to host a prenatal workout. They shared it and I shared it with my own personal network and they shared it with their database. And we had about 40 people that came. We had, we filled up two classes. And from there, people, like I got their emails, I started communicating with them and word of mouth. And then at our next event, we had 75 people come. And again, that was a free event too. It was a shopping event in a store. They shared it and I shared it. And people were like, what's next? So you have to start somewhere, right? And it wasn't really until the third event that I started charging, but the fourth or fifth event that we got sponsors. And that was just because we built a viable product and we were showing pictures and people were like, wow, there are so many people at these events. I like, I want to be a part of it from a brand standpoint. So it's really important that you recognize that when you start with events, you have to start somewhere, you have to make it easy and you have to realize that it's not going to happen overnight. So very similarly to Found Her Fridays, with bump like it's founder Fridays are very similar to how I started Bump Club and that I found a partner to host the event. We talked about how it would benefit them and how it would benefit me. They were free events, so I absolutely let the RSVPs go above the capacity because there were cancellations. And I made sure it was a kick-ass event. And that is part of building trust with your community. Now an event might not generate a ton of revenue in the beginning, but here's what it will do. If done properly and done right, and people know that you are there for the event and not to sell them something, you will gain their trust. You will build community. You will connect with your community. You will be able to ask them for feedback for the future. You will build long-lasting relationships. I took a picture at my first Founder Friday a couple weeks ago because I don't have a group picture from my first Bump Club event. And I wish I did because there were women at that first Bump Club event and the second Bump Club event that I am still friends with today. 
I wanted a picture with these women because I know that this is a start for me of a long lasting relationship with many of them. So that's how I want you to look at events if you're going to be using events for your business. And I also want to point out that if you use events for your business, the content that events provide is really and truly endless. Between the pre-promotion, the promotion, the pre-event promotion, the the content that you share from the event and that other people share from the event and then the wrap-ups, it's so much content. And if done right and you have someone gathering photographs and videos and whatnot of you, it is amazing. Um, okay, the next one is this is something that is like new for me. And so I, I just I didn't want to not answer it, but I'm going to answer it from my own personal standpoint. So um, someone asked, should I be using AI? And if so, how? So I have like a real struggle with AI from a personal standpoint, because I believe that when you're sharing content and when you're writing, you need to be writing from your soul and from your heart. And that it's really easy to tell when a computer has written a caption because there's zero connection. And I also think that a lot of people out there are using AI to write things and they're pretending to be experts and they're pretending to have experience that they don't actually have because the computer's writing it for them. Now that said, AI is a tool that I think we all need to get used to. Like I said, it's something that I'm embracing and is new for me. How am I using it? I use it for ideation. So I will ask ChatGPT, like, give me an idea for something that I can share for female founders that addresses a marketing issue that's prevalent now. I mean, I'm really, really specific. So I'll ask for ideas. You can also ask for help writing hooks. You can also ask for help writing a caption. Now, I do want a caveat. Do not use a caption that it spits out for you word for word. You have to personalize it and you have to make it come from you. But sometimes we just have a writer's block. Sometimes we just don't know what we want to write. This is a tool that I think if used correctly can be very helpful to you. It also will include words that are searchable that are important to use in your captions and whatnot, but do not use the captions that chat GPT spits out for you. You really need to use it as a foundation and make it your own. Um, And I do think that there will be some criticism from me saying this, but I do want to say that 99% of marketers are using AI right now. It's a really hot topic. And um, I just, I think we need to figure out the best ways to embrace it and use it for our benefit versus using it or versus looking at it as a detriment. I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, The next question is, should I be posting personal stuff on my brand's Instagram page? So if you are the face of your brand and you as a founder are someone who comes out from behind the curtains, then I don't know necessarily personal stuff, but you have to be very, um, direct and you have to have boundaries of what it is that you're going to share and going to post, right? So um, I think that if you are the face of your company, it's important to share about yourself. It's important to tell about yourself. It's important to share your family. It's important to share these things, but tie it back to your business. 
I think it's important to share pictures of you, of your team, of your staff. Um, do I think you should get too personal? No, not really. But I do think it's important if you are the founder, if you are the face of a brand to show your face and to show it from time to time and to share about how you are tied into and plugged into the company. The next question is, how do we get to know people on our business Instagram account? So um, I think that everyone kind of just needs to get over the fact that it's like, not over the fact, but I just, I think that a lot of people are voyeurs on Instagram. And I think a lot of people, a lot of us are guilty of this. We scroll and we look and we don't engage and comment. Start slowly. If you want to get to know the people who follow you, ask them questions, ask questions in your polls, ask them to ask you questions and respond to them. When they put a comment on a post, put a comment back and ask a question. Start a conversation. Don't be afraid to reach out and interact and engage. Social media is called social media because you're supposed to be social. It's a two-way street. It's not a, a, a place where you just are consuming. It's a place where you're giving back to. So treat it as you would a conversation in a room or at a networking event and start having conversations with people. You can proactively DM people without selling to them. You can proactively DM them and say, hey, thanks so much for following me. I saw that you have a golden doodle. I have a golden doodle too. Or, hey, thanks so much for following me. I saw that you're in social media. What is it that you do exactly? I too am in social media. Start conversations. That is how you get to know people in real life and on your, on your social media. Um, okay. This was, uh, we have two more questions. Okay. Um, the next question is, I feel like I have to be everywhere. How can I be everywhere without spending hours on end creating content? So this is a good question. And this is something that I addressed yesterday. And I think as founders and as small business owners and as entrepreneurs, we are wearing every hat. We are burning the midnight oil. We are doing everything. And oftentimes it feels like we are just like spinning our wheels and we have to, like this person is saying, be everywhere. There are so many content platforms. There are so many places that you feel like you need to be. So a couple of things I want to say about this. One, when it comes to social media, you do not have to be everywhere. I always tell my clients um, and my students that you want to start with two platforms, okay? And do them really well, like really, really well. And the reason that I say two is because you want to be able to repurpose your content and you want to see how the communities on the different platforms engage with your content. It's also kind of like research, right? So if you are posting on Instagram and you're posting on LinkedIn, how can you repurpose content, but how can you create different content and what is this community doing that this one isn't and vice versa? So it's a really good thing to get really good at a couple. And then you can decide if you want to add another platform or two platforms or whatever it is down the road. You don't have to be on every social media platform. However, I do think that you need to embrace some of these non-social media content platforms like your website that I said earlier, like email marketing, like events, like publicity. And this is that's like a whole other conversation. And I don't mean getting TV segments. I really don't. I mean, these are all things that you should be embracing. And what 
you should be doing is creating a plan and a process for taking your content. So whether it's an Instagram post, a blog post, or an email, and how do you utilize that content on all of your platforms? That is what I do with every single thing for the most part that I put out. I think to myself, what are all of these ways and what are what are all of the ways that I can repurpose the content that I'm putting out? How can I send it out in an email? How can I put it on LinkedIn? How can I put it on my website? What does this look like? There's always going to be another place to put your content. But the other thing is, is when you have the content creative, you can use it later for something else. You don't have to repurpose it 30 ways right now. And speaking of which, there is a link in the show notes that you can get. I, there's a free download that I've created. It's a checklist. It's 30, um, 30 pieces of content in two hours. And it's basically a checklist of all of the things that you can do with a piece of content. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of different ways that you can repurpose your content. And that is how you are everywhere. And so a lot of people will ask me, like, how big is your social media team? I think I said this on the podcast yesterday. And my social media team is me. My social media team, my marketing team, my client inter- interaction team, my customer service team. I mean, it's all me. I am a solopreneur right now. But <clears throat> I have a really good system for repurposing my content. So you see me in a lot of different places. That's how it was at Bump Club 2. And that is that is how we got to almost 100,000 followers. And that's how we got almost 150,000 emails. We were really good at repurposing our content. And that was something that I, I led the charge on. So that is how you can, quote, be everywhere without spending hours on creating content. Um, this is something that we will get into more on the podcast. This is something that I'm building some resources for. And um, hopefully we'll be able to take some more questions about this because there's a lot that goes into the repurposing process. And then my last question that I received, um, this one came to my email, was what are some of the most effective partnerships you've done to date? So I love that there are a lot of partnership questions. Um, I've been talking a lot about partnerships, so maybe that's why. But I really and truly believe that partnerships should play a very, very big role in your marketing process. I built Bump Club on the foundation of partnerships. I did an episode a couple weeks ago, Partnership Marketing. It was a two-part episode. If you haven't listened to it, make sure you go back and listen to it. It talks all about, I talk all about how I started my business literally with partnerships and how I used those partnerships to build bigger partnerships and bigger partnerships and eventually paid partnerships. So I do want to share some of the effective strategies that I've used, especially recently. Um, And you're going to hear me talking about more of these things coming up soon. But um, the first thing is this podcast. So this podcast is a giant partnership strategy. Now today, yes, fine. I'm here on my own. I'm, I'm doing a solo episode. But normally, you would hear me in an interview. When I started this podcast, the entire, the entire goal was to get people to share the process, right? Or sorry, to get people to share the podcast. So when I started the podcast, what I did was I made it so I was always interviewing people. I mean, that was really the the strategy. The strategy was that I was interviewing guests because guests will share the podcast. I don't think I did a solo a solo episode until I don't know maybe eight months in, 
And once I started, this has been wild because when I started the podcast, I started interviewing people. And when I dropped the podcast, what ended up happening was people were sharing, my guests were sharing, and their communities were seeing it. And then they started pitching me guests for the show. And so that is really how I've gotten so many of my guests is because they've seen other guests and they've wanted to be a part of the show and they've pitched, they've been pitched or their PR people have pitched it. So this podcast is a giant partnership strategy because everyone that comes on this podcast is a partner of mine. And I would say 90% of the guests that come on this podcast, I still talk to and keep in touch with. I ask them for feedback. I ask them for help. I ask them to pass along my name. When my ebook comes out, I'm going to send it to them and ask them to share it. There are so many different ways that I have been able to embrace the partnerships from this podcast. And a lot of these women that are in my network, just like I never even would have thought they would have been in my network. So this podcast is the biggest and one of the most effective partnership strategies. And it also drives most of the business for my consulting practice. So, you know, just getting the word out by having my guests share and creating assets for them to share, that has been so effective. Now, if you don't have a podcast, I would suggest trying to get yourself on podcasts. You can do the reverse, and that is a really great way to embrace this medium and to use it to your advantage. When you are a guest on someone's podcast, it is a partnership. You are both looking to benefit. You are both looking to share, and you are both looking to get the word out. So they will share with their community your episode where you are talking about yourself and whatever it is that you do for 45 minutes, 50 minutes, whatever it is, and then you will share the episode. Podcasting, like I said, is a beautiful, beautiful partnership strategy. Another thing that I have seen lately with clients specifically that has been very effective is collaborative giveaways. So I have numerous clients where we've created a theme of, a, of like a giveaway that we're going to do on a regular basis. And we've started to reach out first to brands that follow them and that know them and that they know. And we've said, do you want to do a joint giveaway surrounding this topic? You know, we're doing them every Fridays. We'd love to feature you. And I would say probably 60% of the people have said yes. And so um, this has been a really, really great way to, quote, borrow communities. You run the giveaway as a collaborative post, and everyone wins. Everyone gets the engagement. Everyone gets the exposure. And I have just seen it do really, really well for my clients. And then the last thing is events. And I talked about this a little bit earlier on in this episode. But, you know, <laughs> when, I, when I left Bump Club, it was during the pandemic. But when I left Bump Club, you know, I said to myself, okay, I never, I never have to do events again. But guess what? Events work. Events are an incredible marketing strategy. They're an incredible way to collaborate with others. And they drive community. And at the end of the day, that's what you want surrounding your brand. I have a client right now who has a toy. It's a toy company. And I I talked about them earlier on. And I am trying to get them to do events across the country where we do pop-ups engaging with their toys and having their community come and engage with each other and their toys. Because there is nothing that can replace 
human connection and interaction. So even like I said earlier, if an event strategy doesn't drive a million dollars off the bat, if you host an event effectively and collaboratively with others and you bring in other entities for you know vendors or food or um, whatever it might be and they share it and you share it, you will reap the benefits. You will see the benefits in revenue in other areas, maybe not directly from the events, but from, it, but from other sources. So I hope that that answers all of your questions today. And if I missed any, I'm really sorry. I kind of cut it off around 8 p.m. tonight. But let me know if you liked this. If you want me to do more Q&A, I'm happy to do it. But you have to tell me. I want to thank you guys so much for listening this week and for being here. And I hope that you found these three episodes incredibly helpful as you're thinking about and planning your content strategy for the rest of the year and your marketing strategy for the rest of the year. And as always, I am always here to answer your questions. Please feel free to email me at lindsay at lindsaypinchuk.com or drop me a DM at lindsaypinchuk. That's where you can find me. You can stay tuned for another episode, two episodes coming your way next week. If you liked this episode today or any of the episodes this week, I'd love it if you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. All you have to do is hit that plus sign in the top right-hand corner on your Apple Podcasts um, homepage where Dear Founder is. or And you can also leave a rating and review. That's how other people discover us. And I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. So again, thank you for listening and thank you for being here. I will see you next week. Hi guys, it's me, Lindsay. So many of you reach out and ask me how you can work with me and how I can support your business. So I figured I'd simply tell you right here. Since leaving the company I founded and sold, I've helped dozens of companies, big and small, build their organic marketing strategies through my signature method, Sweep. Sweep utilizes social media, your website, emails, events, partnerships, and publicity to generate and execute cost-effective, community-centric marketing strategies to ignite your brand. Big companies hire my do-it-for-you services where I build your strategy and work with your team to implement it or find you the right resources to do so. I also offer limited do-it-with-you services where I guide you along the process of doing it yourself. You can also bring me into your company for a keynote address or a workshop to help your team level up and ignite your brand. If you're looking for that added layer of guidance, please reach out. There's a link in my show notes. Book a call with me and let's see how we can work together. I can't wait to meet you and to learn about your business.